Tempe Brilliance Podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. This episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by the Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal-setting guide, mini vision board, and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. For more information and to order your own copy of the Visionary Journal, visit keepchasingthestars.com backslash visionary journal. This is episode 23. For more information or for show notes, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash 23. Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about video. So tell me, are you utilizing video to connect with your audience? Because if you're not, you totally should be. Video converts at a much higher rate than any other form of content. So you've probably heard people talking about video. You need to create video, video this, video that. At this point, it's pretty much a no-brainer. You should be utilizing some type of video content as a part of your overall brand and content strategy. The problem is, for many of us, we're already overwhelmed. There's a ton of things that we're already doing. We're wearing all of the hats, and we don't know where to begin with video. That's where today's guest, Andrea Corson, jumps in. Andrea is an Emmy-nominated television producer, digital strategist, and the founder of Videopop. She teaches creative entrepreneurs how to use video effectively to grow their brands. She gives lots of great tips about using video tools, apps that we can use. And best of all, she details her eight-step video creation process for us. So how she goes from an idea to all the way to shooting, editing, post-production, the whole nine. So if you're really interested in video, you want to get started, this is definitely the episode that you need to be listening to. So grab a pen and a notebook and let's get to it. Hey, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really glad to be here today. And I'm glad to have you because you are our video expert, the video queen. And I have actually had people like send messages about video, like questions they have. So I am super excited to have you because we're going to talk about this video because a lot of people need to get it together, including myself. But (laughs) (laughs) before we get started, um, let us know about your background. You know, how did you get started? Where did this whole idea to create a video-focused business come from? Definitely. Well, I, I kind of came from the video world. Uh, I was a TV producer for several years. And frankly, about a little over two years ago, um, kind of ventured into, I guess it was, it was three years ago, ventured into the blogging world and was attending all these amazing creative conferences and for me, just, it felt like these were my people. These are my people, the people that I wanted to be hanging out with. And, you know, even two years ago, this was before Instagram stories was even a thing, you know, Snapchat was still pretty fresh and new, but even two or so years ago, all these amazing ladies were saying that, you know, video was something that was really kind of the next wave of what was happening and that they were going to have to get up to speed on that. But everybody was so afraid. They were, I mean, just terrified. It's like you could see the fear in their eyes. And I was sitting there thinking, well, I can teach them this. You know, these are all smart, capable women. I can teach them that. So 
that's kind of how, you know, my company came to be, but I've been doing this for a long time. And then frankly, forayed all the TV stuff into kind of the digital space and worked with a lot of, a lot of big clients from, you know, Google, CoverGirl, Nordstrom, kind of a wide range, but you know, my happy place is really working with startups and coaches and smaller brands too. So I kind of have done it all at this point, which is fun. Awesome. So as you said, everybody's talking about video, especially this year. I feel like in the last six months, like the there's this roaring rumble of like video is hot right now. You need to be doing video, video, this video, that. So I want to know, like, what is it about video content that's so appealing to people? Yeah, it really has to do with kind of how everything has moved towards content marketing and storytelling. And that the best way to really connect with your customer, your client, your follower, whoever the case may be, is really to solve their problems. And there's no easier way to solve their problems and showcase that to them directly than through video. People want to see that problem being solved, you know, in in and out, multiple ways, multiple iterations. So you can solve that problem and showcase that in this video, but then also do it multiple ways through different videos. So you can really, you know, showcase that value really hard. So you'll hear me talk, I'm sure tons today about the word value, because I'm all about value centric content, because that's really the only thing that people care about. They want you to solve their problems. It's not about your product or service. It's really ultimately about them. See, that's where I feel like the overwhelm for video comes, (laughs) because it's like, we know we should be creating it. We know people want it. We know that it converts better than some of the other forms of content that we're creating currently. But it's like, how do you actually get started with video when you have little to no experience? Sure, sure. I mean, I think first things first is always just it's tapping into what we just were talking about. It's really tapping into your ideal demographic. What problems do they have and what is your product or service solving for them? And there's a lot of people who think, oh, my gosh, I have to be making video. I have to get on this right away. And they actually kind of skip, you know, they skip over that preparation and they skip over the strategy side of it. And I would argue that that's actually the most important piece of the puzzle. So really taking a second first to kind of dial it back and figure out, okay, what is the goal and the objective of what you're creating? You know, just with anything else, you're not just going to start throwing up Facebook ads or, you know, starting a YouTube channel or whatever it is, video or not in your marketing without actually figuring out why you're doing it. So I would first encourage people to think about, okay, is this about brand awareness? Is this about converting to sale? Is this about frankly, just keeping up with the Joneses? And because, you know, your three main competitors have video, you now feel like you have to get into it. But get clear on those things, get clear on who your demographic is first, and then make sure based on those two things that you're actually figuring out what social platforms you should be on. Because while absolutely you should have video on your website, it also lends itself better to different platforms depending on who you're trying to, I guess, meet meet with, so to speak, and collect with. Because different people are hanging out on different platforms. So, you know, the strategy piece is most critical when you're getting started. But I mean, honestly, the right thing for me and I would what I recommend to everybody when you're just getting started, take a darn class or have a conversation with somebody who knows what the heck they're talking about. Because if you sit there and fall down the Google or the YouTube rabbit hole, you could do that for six months before you get going. And that's just such an insane waste of your time and your money and your resources because your time is money. And that, you know, that tends to be a huge time suck for people. A lot of people that I talk to and that I work with, like I said, they've been trying to YouTube it or trying to Google it and figure it out themselves for a year. 
And then lo and behold, they stumble upon me and go, okay, I cannot sit on Google anymore trying to figure this out. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of new information. So they just want to start moving forward. So try to find a good resource first when you're getting going. Do you have any suggestions for like resources? Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer myself for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our website is thisisvideopop.com. And we have several courses that cover every nook and cranny of video that you really need to know. So I recommend typically people start with video 101, which is the beginner's guide. It gets that strategy and the framework and the frankly, the workflow in the right place. We have a video storytelling that just storytelling course that just came out that's becoming super popular. And then, of course, the nuts and bolts. How do you actually shoot this darn thing? How do you edit it and make it look beautiful? And then how do you actually promote it and get it out in front of the right eyeballs? So we have courses that cover just about everything. We have a lot of free resources. But, yeah, there's unfortunately not a lot of great information out there um, that I found. And that's why we came to be because I was frustrated with, with seeing all this other misinformation out there or, or, frankly, just things that are way too darn complicated. You know, if you're you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter what kind of entrepreneur you are, even if you have a couple of people on your team, it's not worth it for you, you know, to learn how to become a professional editor. You don't need to spend 200 hours becoming an editor because you just need the path of least resistance. So, again, that's kind of how we came to be because I just didn't think there was anything out there that was really actually helping people move the needle forward, you know, and really make get some momentum going. Ooh, you just said a lot. All right. So you guys, I'll have some information in the show notes about Andrea's uh, company and her website. So definitely make sure you check out the show notes for that. But so when it comes to video um, and you mentioned this, like you don't need to be on every platform creating video, no, but definitely not. What should we be considering when choosing a platform to start creating video for our brands? Definitely, definitely. So there's really those those two pieces. The first is, again, what is your goal or objective? So Instagram in particular is a really fantastic brand awareness platform for a lot of my clients, but it doesn't always necessarily convert or it may take way more touch points. Maybe you have someone has to see, you know, 20 of your posts before they go, okay, all right, I'm actually now I'm going to finally hop over to their website and check out their stuff. So Instagram, in my experience, isn't always the best direct to sale, doesn't always convert right away. So you tend to generate more brand awareness there. And it's also a great place to just have a presence and be known. But because of that, I don't always encourage people to be spending a crazy amount of time there. A lot of people I know, you know, tend to fall down again, that rabbit hole of, okay, I'm spending, I'm like, how many hours are you actually spending on Instagram a day? And when people think about it, some, some of my clients have told me it's two or three hours. That's mm. a lot of time to be spending on one <laughs> platform. If your clients aren't actually, if your customer client or whoever isn't actually converting to purchase. So I would argue that Facebook is an incredible platform. Facebook video, Facebook ads are one of the most effective video pieces that I've ever used. Uh, just insane conversion, insane return on investment. If you know what you're doing, um, the live space obviously has a ton of value added for a lot of different demographics whether or not, you know, it's something that's being used really, really smartly in the beauty space and the wellness space. Again, where you can really be teaching somebody something, that's a great platform. YouTube is incredible. Again, if you're trying to build a library of work, there's ways where YouTube makes a ton of sense. So it just really depends first on, again, your goals and objectives, but also those demographics. So, you know, if your customer base is really 30 and under, 
Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, great places for you to be. If you're really the baby boomer market, don't waste your time on Instagram. Get your butt over to Facebook and on YouTube because that's where those people are. So it really just depends on what buckets you're trying to check and what people you're trying to reach. Oh, those are really solid tips. So, all right. So now I want to ask some like video questions because I have several that people have. I crowdsourced on Instagram before I've interviewed you to find out like where were people struggling with video. So uh, one person asked me how much planning should be going into creating this video content. Quite a bit. And that's something people don't necessarily want to hear, but it's it's quite a bit. So I would almost argue that you spend more time prepping and planning in that kind of pre-production stage than you almost do shooting your content. Um, I always encourage people to get things on paper because it's going to shorten your process later on. I mean, it really, really cuts down on the editing work. So if you can really prep it out, meaning, hey, get a concept on paper, what is this thing actually going to look like? Nothing crazy, but just a couple of paragraphs on, okay, what's actually going to be contained in this video? You know, who is this aimed at? What do those visuals look like? Those kind of pieces. Then, which again is I think also a different thing than a lot of other people would tell you, is to actually script this out. So typically on the left-hand side, you're going to have your visuals and on the right-hand side, you're going to have, it's just kind of a T diagram. You can Google that very easily. Or again, we have templates on our website, but you can simply just write out, you know, again, visually, what are we seeing here? And then also what's being said now, maybe someone's not on screen talking, but maybe there's a voiceover happening, right? Kind of narrating that scene, having all those things out there will also help your entire process. So if you know, okay, I need looking at this, this script here, these are all the visuals I have to get. So then you can take that piece and actually create what we call is a shot list so that you can, again, just put it on your phone. You can write it, jot it down on a piece of paper, it takes five or 10 minutes, but actually making a list of all the shots that you want to get. If you're going to be say, you know, maybe something's outside, maybe it's something's in your office and then you're going to move to a different part of your house or whatever it is. But if you don't have an actual list, those things, you will overlook something every time I guarantee it. So those are just kind of tricks of the trade that help speed up the process where again, if you don't do that prep on the front end, you just add a lot of time to the shoot and then also to the edit because that script then is taken right into your edit and it's kind of your blueprint as you move forward. And again, it just makes plopping all those shots together that much easier because you have a game plan. So prep is super, super important. And again, I would argue almost the most important part of it. Do you have like a like a set workflow that you use every single time you sit down to like plan and shoot videos? I do. Yeah, I have the exact same workflow and I teach this to people all over the all over the country. Uh, the exact same workflow, whether or not, you know, it's a very, very large production and it's, I don't know, 50 or 75 crew members. But that workflow is the same, even if it's just me shooting something at my house for myself or one of my clients. So it is the same eight steps for me across the board. Oh, it's eight steps. Can you share those? I sure can. I'm happy to. Yeah. So really within production, again, because I have a bit of a more formal TV background, that's still kind of the process that I follow. But it's also because it helps you avoid mistakes and also not overlook anything. And so those three stages are really, again, traditional TV. It's pre-production, which is that prep stage, production, which is your actual shoot, and then post-production, which is kind of that editing, the polish phase, and then actually pushing it out. So within that, those eight steps, 
The first is to conceptualize. So like I mentioned, really actually sitting down and figuring out in a couple of paragraphs, okay, what does this video look at? What does it look like? What is the value? What is the tone? All those different pieces. Then you take that concept, sit down and actually write out a script, type out a script. And again, on the left-hand side is what you're seeing visually. And on the right-hand side is what is actually being said, either you know through someone speaking, narration, or frankly, even just a story being told through music. And then you'll take those two pieces, sit down, and make that shot list. So you actually want to sit down, figure out, prep, okay, what what do these shots look like here? And then next, you're actually going to get into what we call true pre-production, which is really all all those extra little steps, right? So what wardrobe do you need? Do you need any props? Where are you actually going to shoot this thing? What locations make sense? Do you have all the equipment that you need? You know, all those extra kind of extraneous pieces that really tighten up and, and put together the shoot as a whole, that's all of those pieces. And at that point, you're officially prepped, ready to shoot. Your step, step five then is your actual shoot, which at that point almost feels like a vacation because you spent all this time prepping and planning and doing all these things that you just kind of want to get out the gate and start shooting it. Step six then, once you've shot it, is to get into kind of your introductory edit. You're going to put together what we call uh, is your string out or your sequence. There's a lot of terms that apply to that initial. It's kind of like the rough building blocks of that edit. Then you'll go in and you'll do your more, we call it at my house, the, the zhuzh, the zhuzh or the polish, uh, which is really where you add in all those beautiful bells and whistles. Is it transitions? Is it music? Is it a little bit of color correction? Maybe you want to make it super saturated or kind of desaturated, something, something along those lines. And then really just making sure that you have all those beautiful elements in there that just give it that extra oomph that make people want to watch it. And then finally, that last and eighth step is promotion. So really pushing it out making sure it's getting in front of the maximum number of eyeballs possible. Because at that point, you've taken all this time to make it. We have to make sure we're really getting it out there so that as many people can see it as possible. Oh my so that's gosh. kind of all eight, all eight in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds like a lot, but you really can, once you get the system down, you power through it really fast. Conceptualizing becomes, you know, hey, 15, 20 minutes. You can script something out in an hour tops. That prep, you know, again, I can do it in a couple of hours once you really get fine tuned. So it may sound like a lot of steps, but again, when you get well oiled, it's going to, it's going to become very second nature to you. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> It's not as scary as it sounds, I promise you. And like I said, the the beauty of using that same process is that you're not going to make any mistakes and you're also not going to miss anything because there's nothing more frustrating than forgetting to do something and then having to set a shoot up again. You end up eating a lot of your time that way where you're like, oh crap, I didn't do these three things. Now I got to go set that back up again. And if you're somebody who teaches, you know, something that's food, if it's cooking or recipes, that means having to cook the whole darn thing over again or DIY and craft something in that world, same thing. Now you got to get to that point in the craft again. Maybe that means you have to do the craft all over. So you don't want to, you want to make sure you avoid all that stuff because it's just such a massive time suck. And video is time consuming enough as it is that you want to avoid all that mess. Oh yeah, I can relate. That's like when I shoot product photos, I hate when I realize I forgot a shot or I didn't exactly. get one well enough and now I have to pull out all the props and set it up all of it's it's so annoying. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And I've unfortunately had to learn the hard way that, you know, when I thought, okay, I'll skip over these things many, many moons ago and I made those mistakes, it happened every darn time. So again, if you keep that process the same, you can avoid all that hassle. You get everything the first go and then you're done. So I promise you there's a beauty to it. <laughs> Okay, so my next question is, um, what is the best app to use on your phone to edit video? 
Mm-hmm. So editing from your phone, uh, I will say I don't encourage it very often, <laughs> uh, just because you want, just because you're editing something on your phone doesn't mean that someone is also going to watch it on a small screen. Yes, absolutely. People are consuming a lot of video from their phones, but if you're editing your video on that teeny tiny screen and then somebody watches it on a bigger screen, there's a really good chance that you're going to miss some things because you're just, you're looking at it at a small screen and therefore, you know, you may miss that, oh wait, there's this thing in the shot that shouldn't be there. There's just a lot of mistakes that can happen. So I would really only encourage you to edit on, on your phone if you are really, really, really in a pinch. Um, Adobe Premiere, which I use to edit everything these days because it's the most user-friendly. It's Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, I think it's about $20 a month. Adobe has moved over to the subscription model, just like Microsoft has as well, like Office and whatnot. But they um, also, they have an app that you can do that from your phone as well. And I believe the app from your phone is still free. So Adobe Premiere is definitely a great one. There's an app called Legend, uh, just like it sounds, L-E-G-E-N-D. That's awesome for making little graphics. Um, what other ones do I really like when it comes to shooting, which I know you didn't ask me about, but this is a question I also get often, um, shooting from your phone. I will argue that you do not need a DSLR anymore at all. Save your $800 to $1,000 on a camera, $600 to $2,000 on the camera and put that money elsewhere where it matters and shoot from your phone. If you can, there is an incredible app that I recommend to everybody. Uh, it's called filmic pro F I L M I C pro. It's a $15 app that essentially turns your phone into a DSLR. So you can get some of the most insanely beautiful footage with this app and it's super user friendly. It's great tutorials on YouTube. We have YouTube, we have tutorials about it in some of our courses as well. It is just incredibly user friendly and it just gives, it makes your phone this amazing little camera. It's just, it's insane. So it's got a few apps for you. Oh, thank you. Then my next question was, um, what, what did you recommend for shooting video? So, yeah. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. I would say almost 90% of the stu- of people that I work with are shooting from their phone these days, even larger brands, just because it makes it so much easier and a lot less cumbersome. Plus DSLRs are still pretty expensive. Yes, they've come down a lot in price, but if you're using the right apps and the right tools, you don't really need one these days. Do you have, so if say somebody had a few dollars that they wanted to throw around for a DSLR or another type of camera outside of their phone, what would you suggest? Off the top of my head, um, I personally always pick Canon over Nikon. It's just kind of a a camera, I don't say camera snob thing, but I've just always found them to be a little bit better. Um, I'll give you a few that we can pop up in the show notes. Definitely. But there's, there's a couple, there's just so many that it kind of depends on what your objectives are. Um, but most cameras these days, if you spend, if you're buying a Canon and you're willing to spend about $600, you can get a fantastic, fantastic camera. Awesome. So then you guys check the show notes for those suggestions because I'll list them there. Uh, another question somebody wanted to know is what platforms do you feel are most newbie friendly for video? Mm. Uh, I always recommend people to start with Insta stories. Instagram stories is such a great way to just dip a toe into video and start getting comfortable. Um, and it's also, and it, it, frankly, just because it's a platform where your customer, client, viewer, et cetera, is okay with things not being quite as polished. And that's okay versus YouTube these days, even people are churning out beautiful, beautiful video. And now because of that, 
your viewers are expecting your video to be more polished. The homemade stuff that kind of flew, you know, even a year or two ago, not really flying anymore. A lot of people, a lot of big bloggers and big influencers and frankly, big brands that I know who used to do, you know, a little bit more homemade look of a video used to still get great views because they had a fantastic following. Now they're finding that that's dropping off a bit. And frankly, it's dropping off quite steep because people just want their expectations are higher. They want prettier videos, so to speak. It just needs to look really nice. It needs to sound really clear, et cetera. So Insta stories is a great way to dip a toe in. I always tell people don't, don't jump into YouTube unless you're really committed because your schedule has to be really, really regular. So I would start simply with Insta stories. And then I would also start with getting some Frankly, if you have a website, getting some good video on your website because you can do that really slow and really strategically. You don't have to feel like, okay, I have to get something up every week when I'm just starting to get comfortable with this. And I have a question that I want to know. Do you sure. feel like, and, and this is your professional opinion, do you feel like there's a preference for like live video versus pre-recorded video? Mm. Everyone thinks that they need to jump into the live bandwagon. And I'm going to just say this, uh, when it comes to live, you actually have very little control, right? Like this is something it's just like live television. There's a reason that there's once in a blue moon, a live television show, because it's very complicated to produce something live. There's a lot of rogue things that can happen. There's a lot, you know, there's just a lot that you have zero control over. So I would say it's it's probably dead set. I don't necessarily think that viewers have um, have a what's the word I'm looking for have a desire necessarily for live versus um, polished and edited. The only caveat to that is that you know if if someone is trying to tune into somebody who's famous or that it's an influencer that they love, in those ways they want to feel really connected to you, and in those ways then live is a better format. But if that's not your brand or your business model, then really you're you're fine either way. Just know that again you're going to have a lot less creative control, and therefore there can be a lot more mistakes, so to speak, if you're going the live route. Okay. So like right now I'm like on this point of being like super excited, like, yay, I should totally create video. And then like also like, oh my God. <laughs> no, Do you really you want to create not, video? <laughs> you are not alone. That is every single person I've ever talked to. There is at least a certain level of fear, whether or not that's coming to shooting it, whether or not that's coming to edit. Like everyone's afraid of the edit. That's like spoiler. That is what everyone's scared of. And it's really not that bad once you know what you're doing. And then also a lot of people feel like they have to be on camera. Chances are you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. There's probably another route to formulate those videos. So, but just know you're not alone. Everybody is afraid of this. So, you know, if that makes you feel like, hey, you got a little community of everybody being afraid, hopefully that makes you feel a little bit less afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely some things that people always mention, like they're, they feel uncomfortable being on camera, that type of thing. So do you have any tips for helping people feel more comfortable being in front of that the camera? Definitely. I mean, the first thing, and again, this, is, this isn't a rock and science tip, but it really is just practicing. And I would say, again, if we're talking percentage of, hey, here's everybody who's been on camera, maybe 2% of everybody I've ever worked with is comfortable on camera. Nobody is comfortable on camera. It's just not something that comes second nature to people. Even really famous people are not comfortable on camera. And it's kind of one of those things where you just, you kind of got to do it. It's a necessary evil. I'm not comfortable on camera and I'm on camera almost every single week. So it's just, I probably should be, you know, putting that out into the world. But I think there's so many of us that aren't comfortable on camera. So just having that little nugget of information in the back of your mind that, hey, 
Nobody else is either. I have to push through this. I just have to be my authentic self. If you can just be you, people are going to love that. They really are. So try to get out of your head as much as you can. And that's really all you can do. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. So um, <laughs> I have one other question I want to ask before I switch gears, because I want to know some behind the scenes stuff about your actual business. Um, are there types of videos that like entry level videos that we can start creating for our brands that are kind of like quick and and like a good introduction to get us started, but like not the full on like all these different cut scenes. And because I mean, what you said about YouTubers, um, when I watch the beauty bloggers and like some of my favorites, I'm like, oh, my God, you're doing all these transitions and things and, like I just want to sit in front of the camera and talk for three minutes and then go away. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the one thing with to keep in mind with video as is to be super honest is that it's not one size fits all. So if you're a product business, a service business, a coach, an online course creator, a blogger, an influencer, you will have very different needs based on those buckets. So if we're if we're talking about like what's a really good place to get started, if you just want to sit in front of the camera and talk for a couple of minutes, then live is going to be a better format for you. Or sitting there and doing a quick Instagram story that's you talking about whatever topic that day. That's a really good way to kind of dip that toe in. But because it isn't, like I said, it's really not one size fits all. It's better for you to really figure out what the right thing is for you based on, again, those goals and objectives, your demo, et cetera. So it's a question I get all the time is like, where should I start? And I always have to respond with the question of, you know, what, what are you trying to build? What are you trying to do? What are your goals? What kind of business are you in? I, unfortunately there's not a blanket. It has to be targeted to who you are. So a great thing for most people getting started is something we call a website trailer, which is really in 60 to 90 seconds. This adds value for just about every type of brand or business or blog for that matter, who you are, what you do, and really how you're adding value for your, for your client or your customer. They need to know that now that they've landed on your website, why the heck they're there and what the heck you can do for them. Because ultimately, if you're not doing something that they feel connected to, they're going to be gone anyways. So they want to know that. And what happens is people re watching those videos and just about everybody that lands on your site is going to watch that video. So just a spoiler on that, too. Once they watch that video, they're going to know whether or not it's right for them. And most of the time, it gets people to stick around at least two to three times as long as they would have otherwise. So there's a lot of value added there for you just getting that one video. Someone lands on your website, maybe you've got a nice little picture at the top, and then right below that's the video of who the heck you are and why, why they're there and why you add value for them. That is such an incredibly powerful tool for you to add first. I like that. That feels really approachable. So. People okay. really connect with that. They get to know you. They get to know what you or your brand or your business is about. Okay. So that's where we're starting, you guys. We're starting with the website trailers. And then like Insta stories and then we'll work. Yes, our way up. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, you know, you start small, just like with anything, you're not going to, you're not going to go in and be churning out five videos a week because frankly, you don't need to do that. And it would just start small with the right things that are adding value for the customer. And we go from there. All right, so I want to switch gears really quickly because I want to ask you a couple of things about your business and your personal journey. Um, cause we spent all this time asking video questions, but sure. you know, you have video pop, you, you have your background in television production and you've worked with a lot of big brands, a lot of influencers. What do you feel like, you know, since, cause I think you said you started in 2016 or at least I read that. Mm -hmm. So what do you yes. feel like has been your keys to success? Because you've mentioned that, you know, you're growing pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I think the main thing is really being adaptable and giving your customer what they want. A lot of things that I initially thought video pop was going to be, it wasn't. We initially were testing out a lot of live workshops, which I thought, hey, people were going to want to be able to learn about video live so they could ask a ton of questions right then and there. And frankly, those were not a big success for us. It was really difficult in this was 20, late 2016, early 2017 to get people to show up. People want to do things in their house, in their darn pajamas, maybe with a glass of wine or coffee and call it a day and let that be where they learn from the comfort of their home. They can stop down what they're doing, you know, to attend to whether or not it's taking their dog outside or their kid needs something, whatever it is. So our online courses for that reason exploded and, you know, they're available 24 seven because that's, that's how it works for people. People don't necessarily want to give up their whole weekend to go sit in a workshop for two hours. They want to fit it into their schedule, how it works for them. So that was kind of an unexpected thing. So we've just really tried to adapt and we've rolled out a lot of new initiatives, just frankly, because I've, I go to a lot of conferences and I speak at a lot of conferences and people ask, they say, Hey, have you thought about this? I would love to, I would love it in this format. So actually a new thing that we've rolled out in 2018 is something called our one day video workshop, which is for the people who frankly are like, Hey, video. Awesome. I know I need it. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to shoot this thing. I don't want to edit it. I don't want anything. Will you please do that for me? And frankly, that's more expensive, right? If someone's going to do this, the whole prop, the whole situation top to bottom for you. So we created one day video workshops so that people can come in for the day to whatever desired location that we have. They come in, we have usually about five to 10 women that will get their video done in one day. And therefore, because they're coming to us, I can give them a really significant discount and then they don't have to do anything. We shoot it, we edit it, we get it all done, and then we tie it up in a nice, neat little bow and get it out to them. So I think adaptability is one of one of the biggest things for sure. And then flipping that question on the head, what do you feel has been some of your challenges growing your business? Definitely. Well, I think any any business, <laughs> we certainly have a lot of challenges and a lot of things that come up that we have to overcome. And for us, we've definitely had some growing pains. I'll be very honest. It's it's difficult, you know, to find as you start growing really rapidly, finding the right team can be a challenge. You know, and sometimes even when you hire somebody and they might not be the right fit, that certainly happens. So putting on that CEO hat has definitely been, you know, one of the harder things for me of really finding the right people for your team who understand the vision who, you know, want to treat your business like their business. So yeah, growing pains are a real thing. And, you know, and again, certainly to me, there are much worse problems to have, but when you're growing really quickly and you have to scale quickly, that's definitely a challenge for sure. And if you had to sum up like your biggest lesson into one lesson about your entrepreneurial journey so far, what do you think it would be? Mm. That is a fantastic question. Uh, for me, as a very, very type A human being, for me, it's it's frankly kind of the words to slow my roll a bit. I get very ahead of myself and there are always 20,000 initiatives I want to kick off and I want to get them rolling. But the bottom line is I need to, you know, I, you have to really make sure that each thing is moving forward, doing well, serving your people as best as it can before you move on to the next. So for me, it's, yeah, it's just kind of slowing down a little bit and, and frankly, taking care of ourselves because as, you know, as business owners, entrepreneurs who are also mothers and sisters and daughters and all these other buckets too, and humans, we have to take good care of ourselves. And that's been a hard lesson too. So I guess there's, there's kind of two in there for me. 
Awesome. And I love that. Like you said, slowing your roll, slowing down and, and not putting the cart before the horse. Yes, awesome. definitely. All right. So I'd like to end the show with the final two questions, one of which is the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge, which is your top three tips for someone who's interested in getting started with video. Definitely, definitely. So let's see here. My top three tips. The first is, like I said, is to make sure that you're focused on that strategy. Make sure you figure out what problems you're solving with your with your service, with your product, whatever it is. And this is something I didn't mention earlier that I like to usually mention to people. Think of it in these buckets with content marketing. Are you either educating, entertaining, or inspiring your audience, your viewer? Each of your videos needs to do one of those three things, educate, inspire, or entertain. And so if you can make that happen, your videos are already off on a much better foot than most of the videos that are out there. So make sure the strategy is in place. The next thing is to really invest in the areas that matter. There's a lot of places you can invest in video that really don't add that much value to your business and to your video. So make sure you really have great sound, great lighting, great editing software, the Adobe Premiere I mentioned, and then also get the proper training. Make sure that you're not just sitting there and wasting, you know, hours on hours on hours, falling down YouTube and Google and whatnot. It's really important that you invest in the things that are going to help you shorten that learning curve, save your time and get up and running. So that's also super critical. And my third, really, this is, I don't want to say, you know, this almost seems like a no brainer, but just start, stop hemming and hawing about it. Stop thinking things are just going to perfectly align one day. They're never going to perfectly align. There's never going to be a good time to start, but just get started. Stop second guessing yourself and just start moving forward. Okay. I have a bonus question because you made me think of something I forgot to ask earlier. Sound. Sure. How do you improve the sound? (laughs) Definitely. I would always recommend using an external microphone. The microphones that are built into both our phones and our cameras, frankly, are very crappy. It's what we call in the industry a scratch track. So you can still have your phone or your camera record that scratch track because it helps you sync things up later. You still want that kind of as a tool. But you always, always, always want to use an external microphone. And again, I'm happy to link some of these in the show notes as well for you too. But um, there's a couple of different options. There's basically three. One is called your lavalier microphone, which is what's pinned directly onto your subject. You know, it's kind of those little, the ones you see in interviews on any daytime or nighttime talk show. A lavalier microphone, they get really fantastic sound. There are several that have come out now. My favorite one's about 75 bucks. It's great if you take good care of it. It'll last you a good two to three years, if not longer. That's a great microphone. Um, but then for a lot of people who do, frankly, that kind of voiceover format where, again, no one's actually on screen talking. You're just voicing it over. You can use a bigger microphone because you're not actually seeing that person. And um, I use something called a USB microphone for that. And it's a fantastic little microphone. They use them for podcasts a lot of the time, too. Great quality, great sound. And again, we can absolutely link both of those in the show notes. So I can send you both of those. And then your third is um, something called a, uh, a shotgun or I'm sorry, a boom microphone is what I guess most people call it. Um, and so those are a little bit bigger, a little bit more cumbersome. So I typically don't recommend those for our students. But that picks up the entire sound of the room. So if you have, for instance, a interview happening, that's a great microphone for you to have. Or if there's a scene with, say, like three, four five people, you need to pick up multiple sounds. That's another solution. So I will definitely happily have you link to all those. Awesome. Thank you. And then final question, what are you reading? Are are there any books that you've read recently that you really like? They don't necessarily have to just be business books. Yes, uh, I have very much as part of my self-care routine. And thankfully, the people who have 
been really amazing in helping me get back into self-care. Um, I am a diehard fan of Jen Sincero's books, the You Are a Badass and You Are a Badass at Making Money books. Totally changed my life. Uh, picked up You Are a Badass in December and it changed everything changed my outlook. It changed my business. And now I'm reading the, you are a badass at making money, but I cannot recommend them highly enough. I talk about them daily <laughs> in my, in my circles of other amazing women. And I just, again, I, they're fantastic books. So highly, highly recommend. Awesome. And uh, we did a, a podcast episode a couple months ago. We did the book club, the brilliant bitches book club. And then we talked amazing. about you are a badass at making money. Uh, <laughs> amazing. They're such great books. Like I said, they just, they changed my life. They changed video pop and they're just, they're very impactful. So I loved them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll add those to the show notes as well. And then how can listeners get in contact with you? Definitely. I am always happily giving out my personal email. You can reach me at Andrea at this is Our website also this is has all of our the one day video workshops I was mentioning all of our courses. We have an eight week masterclass that's very popular. If you're like, hey, I want to do this. I want to hit it hard. I want to get up and running in eight weeks video from top to bottom. We have that option. So you can find us there. Um, and then also on Instagram. I'm at, at, at excuse me at this is on Instagram as well. Great. And also, you keep mentioning uh, you guys do a lot of the work behind the scenes. So are you for hire? We are for hire. Yeah, we still do full on video video production as well for just about every industry and every type of content under the sun. All right, guys. So you have all her contact information. So if you decide video, you don't want to do it, you don't want to touch it, then Andrea is your girl. So thank you again for all of your wonderful advice and information. This was really great because uh, I know a lot of us are struggling with video. So everything that you shared was really, really helpful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to help. And please, like I said, use my email. Reach out to me if you have any questions. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you love the show, make sure you grab the Be Brilliant Guide where I share the keys to success for my most popular guests. Download it at keepchasingthestars.com backslash brilliant. Now go out there and pimp your brilliance.